hello, hello, loved ones. Welcome to the Venus Exchange. My name is Am the Goddess, founder of Soulflower Studio, and I am doing it solo dolo today. You only have me exchanging with you all. For all the listeners and the viewers, that will be the exchange of the day. And before I talk about anything, I really want to get into my day today. So before I did anything, I woke up and I had some tea and I love tea and I just felt the sun on my face. I missed the sunshine so much. Um, so it was so relieving and I felt an immediate exhale. And I went to this workshop, this Riddle Green Partnership Workshop which is teaching me about urban agriculture. And I got to learning about the quality of the soil and the importance of learning background information about how to grow your own food. And there's so much details and so much knowledge and I'm so grateful that I was able to embrace that. And I had a nice vegan meal and I'm truly appreciative towards that. So that was a nice way to start my day and set the tone um, there was great energy there. The people were excited and everybody was loving. And then I went to this throat chakra workshop. And I've been going to this workshop since they started with the root chakra. And this is held by, um, on Instagram, Tandi the artist and Nails by Tanika. So Tandi and Tanika, they have these workshops for energy healing. And um, this series, they're going chakra by chakra. So it gets emotional, it gets quiet, it gets powerful, we cry, we laugh, um, we do all types of things. We paint, we meditate, we eat the color that associates with that chakra. So today's chakra was the throat chakra. And the throat chakra is all about communication and expression and... I guess I'll I'll go a little bit deeper into that before I continue with my day. So lately, I have been very depressed. Like I struggle with seasonal depression. Um, I guess technically my diagnosis is bipolar type two, which I talked about in another episode, which just means type two is when the depression is more prominent than the manic side. So most people think bipolar, like, oh, you have you're like two different people, different personalities. You're up and you're down or maybe you're mad and you're, you're happy. It's not really necessarily about your mood. Um, I think it's the stigma with that. It's just a lot of misconceptions. But um, for the longest, I just thought I was diagnosed with um, major depressive mood disorder. And then I also was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. So... I will literally be when I, when I'm when I'm experiencing a manic episode, I will literally be on 10, on 100 like attacking, attacking, attacking. Go, 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 go. Not even necessarily finishing every goal, which is why they say you might struggle a lot with completing your projects, but um recently I have been mastering it and trying to use that energy to my benefit. So I finally have been within the past couple of years executing my projects and starting to see results but for the longest I was having all these amazing creative ideas but I was not executing them so I do think that's important when it comes to the throat chakra work to be able to have this 
you know, all that creativity that is built up with the circle chakra work, being able to express it. So, and fully and authentically. And that's what they talked about today. Um, Expressing yourself and communicating with people, but detaching from the result. And I think that's my problem. Um, I talk and I communicate, but I do it to a minimum. I don't like arguing. I don't like conflict. I don't like expressing controversy so that other people can get emotional and try to argue with me. I'm a firm believer that you can do whatever you want to do as long as you're not hurting people, especially not me. And um, um, it, so I feel like I don't see the word the world as black and white, and I'm very understanding, and I always get people the benefit of the doubt, which can end up resulting with me getting damaged and me not feeling fully protected. And that's how my feelings get hurt, and that's how I start to sink into dark states um, along with the weather. So the weather has had a huge impact on me. Um, most people, the viewers, the listeners, they live in Cleveland. But for those who don't live in Cleveland, Ohio, we are one of the gloomiest cities in the entire nation. Our weather can literally look gr- completely gray with no sun for days in a row. And that's how I was feeling. And I was completely aware of this. And I still, I just felt myself just shutting down. I felt myself vibrating lower and lower. And I did a blog post about this on seven tips on dealing with seasonal depression. So I started reflecting back on that. Um, One of my favorite tips off of there is taking a vacation, which I can't always do immediately, but that's really what I'm about to do, y'all. I don't, um, I'm, I'm very aware of COVID and the dangers that come with it, but Um, I feel like I need to be somewhere with some sunshine. So even if I'm just sitting on a beach somewhere, um, I feel like that's what I need. But um, I'll dive deeper in the depression, but back to my day. So um, the throat chakra work felt very good. And I felt like I needed to express myself even deeper with the Venus exchange. So this was the perfect exercise to do right before I started today. And this is why I really wanted to speak my truth on what dealing with depression means to me. And um, along with speaking authentically and detaching from the result of whatever I say, um, I feel like I have to, I'm such a creative and I'm such an empath and I really need to start working through the energy that I'm dealing with instead of bottling everything up because I'm trying to protect everybody else And while I feel like I'm being authentic, I'm starting to realize me holding in and me holding back and me trying to mold everything I'm saying to protect everybody is probably not as authentic as I thought. Um, I thought I was one of the realest ones out here, but um, that's something I'm definitely going to work on and being okay with disappointing people, being okay with disappointing my friends, my family, you know, um, in my love life. Um, I know it's going to be difficult, but this is why we, this is why I personally study the chakras so that I can begin to do the work. And, you know, the color is blue. And since I've been feeling blue, um, I thought that was perfect. The blue resonates with the throat chakra because that, the vibration of the colors, blues, energy, um, 
that's what you use to heal that energy with the throat chakra. They resonate with each other. Just how um, you have these energy points, which is what chakras are, these energy centers within the body. Um, color has energy too. So you want the vibrations to be able to connect with each other so that you can be able to heal these chakras when they become blocked. So uh, I'm gonna be working a lot with the color blue and I'm gonna be eating blue foods and working with my blue crystals, my blue lace agate, my um, lapis lazuli, and I'm pretty excited about that. I'll give y'all an update later. But um, continuing on with my day, after that session I went and I did yoga with, um, I don't know if y'all familiar with Yoga with Lola, who's an amazing yoga teacher in Cleveland. And I haven't done yoga in a really, really, really long time. Like, and yoga's my thing. Um, not too long ago, I was doing yoga almost every day. And I wasn't feeling comfortable in my space enough. Um, I am a very private person. I, I do go to classes every now and then, but I like to do yoga in solitude. And I haven't really had the space to do that. And since it's been cold outside, I have been struggling to find somewhere because I love doing yoga outside. I like to be deep connected with the earth and water and soil in the sun, grounding, getting that energy from nature. And so it's a struggle for me when it's cold outside and it's snow and it's cold wind. Um, it is not my style. But today's yoga class, I thought I was going to be so tight and that I was going to struggle and that I was nervous. But I wasn't as tight as I thought I was. So all that work I, I was doing before, um, it still stuck with me. I was able to keep up. I, I felt tight, of course, but I felt like I was beginning to open up and the energy of the room was amazing. I felt like everybody was sending me positive vibes. I was receptive and I highly recommend. So if you haven't been to yoga and you're like, oh, I've been wanting to go to yoga, just do it. I was 20 minutes late. I hopped right in. I was fine. Just do it. Find you a babysitter. Um, nobody ever has judged anybody if they slip, if they fall, if they take a break. Um, if they're struggling, it's literally an environment for love. And that was a crucial part of my day was getting in that yoga class. So I felt very motivated now to get back in that routine. And if I don't have a space, I'm just going to create it. <laughs> Um, so I also want to talk a little bit more back with the throat chakra, um, and my depression and how the two intertwine. So I was in this mom power group that was funded by the hospital and it allowed moms who wanted to work on their emotional connection with their children to meet and connect and, gives you a little break from the kids. The kids will play with a, um, someone who is studying to work in childcare or early childhood education, things of that nature. And they work with them for like an hour. And then the moms will go and meet in another room and we will be working on um, other emotional conversations. So one day we were talking about background music. And this seems so simple, but it hit me so hard. And the facilitator said that um, we all have this background music, just like a movie where our past trauma and um, our memories that we keep focusing on, that is like the background music of our life. So they played this video and 
there was the same visual, the same video of like walking through a forest. And first it was all peaceful music and calm and you felt like you were safe and tranquil. And then she played the same exact video footage again, but with this like deep, dark horror story, um, I don't feel safe anymore type music. And was talking about how that background music is so influential on your life. And what is the background music that we are experiencing? And I almost took it kind of literal because I started thinking about when I was younger and I may have been around kindergarten age. And this is the first dream I ever remember having. The first dream I remember having was being a singer. And I was obsessed. I knew I wanted to be a singer. Um, I practiced all the time. And I remember even at such a young age being dead set on. I used to visualize myself on the stage when I was older. I knew exactly what I was going to wear on stage. How I was going to look. And I remember my mom told me, like, oh, no, you cannot sing. Like, um, it's talking about talent-wise. And, um, you know, she made – I don't know if at the time she was talking about how my tone was or um, – but I, she said something along the lines of something that was able to crush my spirit. I mean, like, crush it. Because when, when you look back, when you're, like, five years old – um, I don't know the benefit of her telling me that was, but um, that's the age where you would, you should be able to be unapologetically and unconsequentially emerged in your dreams. So um, I feel like that was unfair, but um, that's the kind of mom I have. She's blunt. She's she's a realist. I'm an optimist, and that's always been a problem, a disconnect. But sometimes it's good for me. But in that moment, it was not. Um, and I felt like I always heard that throughout my life in the back of my head, like background music, that um, I was not good enough for my dream in that sense. But of course, I still try to remember when I was like fourth or fifth grade and I had started a singing group. It was called Girls Forever, E-V-A, Eva, Girls with a Z, the number four, Eva. <laughs> and um, my my mom, she would, I remember we would perform for her and I had everything. I would write all these songs with the lyrics in my notebook. I would come up with choreography. I had these sleepovers so we could practice. And I was like dead set on getting us a recording deal. I tried to make us a website and she was just, she would just kind of look at us like, oh, okay, good job. Uh, yeah. So, you know, she didn't really take us seriously and I could see it in the feedback and I guess that goes right in hand with the throat chakra because if my if I understood the throat chakra and the work that was necessary to strengthen it at that time, I wouldn't I, I would have detached myself from her opinion. But I'm still struggling with my attachment with her opinion, and I would it's like if I didn't get the results I wanted from her, I was deeply destroyed. When in all actuality, all I needed to do was present the song. And everything else should have been left up to a power that was out of my control. So when I fast forward, um, I want to say around like 2016, 2017, I was watching that movie Sing, um, which is like a kid's movie animated where the animals are all signing up for this 
a talent competition for music, kind of like an American Idol sort of deal. And they all had these unique stories. And um, I kind of resonated a little bit with all of them, but especially the, um, there was a gorilla whose family did not approve of him singing. There was a mom, um, I believe she was a pig, and she had all these kids and she couldn't prioritize herself first. So towards the end, um, the elephant who also struggled to really get her voice out, she like come I don't want to give away the story, so I might have to fast forward a couple seconds, but she um she let it all out and she sang Don't You Worry About a Thing by Stevie Wonder and it's actually uh Tori Kelly who played the character and I heard her version of the song and I I just remember just crying and crying and crying like cuz I literally felt like that song was speaking to me like don't you worry about a thing and I had this emotional moment with it and then for years later when I was upset when I felt overwhelmed when I felt like things were out of control and my anxiety was building up I was I would hum and I would sing and I would do it unintentionally. Like I would be doing something else and people would notice like, are you humming? And I wouldn't even notice. And I'd be doing it really fast and emotional. And um, I will always do the same songs over and over again. And I noticed finally after that mom power group where they talked about background music, those songs were all tied to some huge emotional moment I had when I like listened to them at a point in my life. So I would be like singing like while I'm at work um, and I'm feeling anxious like don't you and I didn't realize it at first I'm like why do I keep singing the same songs and that's why and I felt like that movie reminded me of how my mom responded to me as a child with my dream and I felt like maybe this is a sign I, I'm actually sure that it was a sign that I really have to detach myself from my mom um, who I love so much, who's so supportive, and she's a great mom, but I have to detach myself from those expectations and really just commit myself to my dream and be able to communicate and express myself without going through that same process that that five-year-old little girl had to go through with. Um, but I just thought that was interesting, and I haven't really been singing lately, and I still love to sing. I haven't really... Ever since I had that realization, I haven't really been experiencing that humming and that singing pattern that I was before. I don't know if it was because I had that breakthrough. Maybe I have to keep doing it until I had that breakthrough. Um, I notice things that I think are unintentional in my life because I don't have much say in them. Spiritually, they are so intentional. Everything is so symbolic. Everything makes sense. It goes in cycles and everything is a lesson. But I haven't been singing at all lately. And all my friends know, like, I'm always singing. I'm singing in the shower. I'm singing in the car. Um, I'm singing every moment I have. I just still to this day love singing whether I'm a professional singer or not. And I felt like as I've gotten older, the more I sing, the more I've been, like, training my voice to make it sound more pleasurable, I suppose. But um, ever since I've been feeling depressed... I have not wanted to sing and I didn't even notice, but I thought to myself one day, like, when is the last time I sang? I don't even know. You know, I've been taking showers. I've been in the car driving with the radio, but I have not been singing for real. 
And I remember when I had that realization, this was recently within the past couple weeks, um, I tried to sing and I was not feeling it. I'm just like, I'm just, I just don't want to sing. And today after that throat chakra healing class, I finally felt like singing. Um, I finally got in the car. It was almost like emotional. I, I know I didn't, it didn't sound too swell, but um, because I was like starting to tear up at like, wow, I finally feel like singing. You know, it's like I finally did yoga. I finally like had this exhale. I'm finally breathing correctly. And that's why I really want to express to people how it feels to be depressed. I feel like people have this idea or they have their own experience and then they try to relate it and let it define my experience when completely different. I don't know if anybody in this world has the same experience with mental health that anybody else has. So I think it's unfair and I feel like I have to be an advocate for our people who suffer with mental illness because there's the stigma and there's this, there's just these misconceptions and it gets frustrating because people sometimes always don't say the right thing, the most supportive thing. And while I've gained all this strength over the years that I've been dealing with it, I know there's people out there who are deeply affected by what people say, because I'm still affected. But um, sometimes people don't always make it through those certain responses that people give them that aren't the best responses. But I kind of wanted to talk about how I feel, because I feel... I think some people have the expectation that I once wrongly had that I was just going to like heal myself in an instant and with a snap of a finger by doing all the things that I've been sharing, all these coping skills, changes to my lifestyle and being deeply involved in wellness and picking up all these healthy habits, yoga, meditating, changing my diet, exercising. And that's just... I, I mean, I can't, I can't fake with y'all. Like, that's just not the real. So um, in 2016, I did what I call the happiness project. Um, I, well, let me run it back even further. At the end of 2014, I had a suicide attempt and um, I overdosed on some pills. And um, I remember I, I got back into the hospital committed again into an inpatient program and I, I don't remember all the exact memories and details of the my stay there um it was kind of traumatic it, it was like just like the movies almost I would say those movies aren't really exaggerated but um I was around a lot of people who were dealing with a lot of things and I remember I was really low but I remember telling myself like I cannot come back here ever again like I promised myself no matter what I'm going through, I can't do this again. Like, I, I have to try. I have to try and uh, live life the way I want to. And I got out. I was on medication, of course. When you, when you go into the hospital, that's one of the main things. They want to make sure you're on an antidepressant. I was on an antidepressant. Um, and I was on an antipsychotic because they felt like my antidepressant needed a boost. So when you take certain medications with a certain dosage, um, then the antipsychotic can be a boost for the antidepressant. So I was experiencing all these symptoms. I was experiencing headaches and I remember my appetite changed and I started gaining a lot of weight. 
and I was I was feeling like my emotions were more manageable and I do I guess I do start to feel like a little numbness when on medication so I don't really feel depressed but I don't really feel like I'm thriving in my purpose either so it was a struggle for me to be on medication and even just the thought of taking medication um, I just struggled with it I felt like I was put into a box I felt like why do I have to be on medication? It just didn't feel right to me. It didn't feel natural to me. And I am a strong believer that sometimes medication might be what somebody needs. Um, for our society's attempt to change the brain's chemistry, I do understand it. But I would kind of start to fall off. Like, um, I'm just going to kind of stop taking it. And I remember I got to the point towards the end of 2015 where I stopped taking it as consistently. And at some point, I remember I hadn't been taking it for like a month. And then it started hitting me um, when I stopped taking it completely. And I started feeling depressed and the depression hit me so bad. I wasn't, I remember I went like four days without showering and I was like, just kind of, I became a robot at work and I wasn't loving my job. I was doing this job where they called it a marketing firm, but really it was a sales job. They swore up and down. It was not a sales job, but we were out in the store passing out products and selling them to people and in exchange for their money. So um, there was some deception there and um, you have to be in the right type of energy for that type of job, for that type of work. Um, a lot of that is mental. Um, if you're in the right type of mind frame, you can sell water to a fish. But if you're not, somebody can come across the deal of a lifetime and they're not going to want it if, if your energy isn't right. So my energy wasn't right. I was sinking. Um, I wasn't on my medication and I went to the doctor, um, my therapist, and, and she looked at me and she just knew just about looking at me. She did one of those tests where, you know, they kind of go through and say on a scale from this to that. How do you how interested have you been in the things you like to do or how have you been eating? How have you been sleeping, et cetera? I'm, I'm sure um, at some point in your life, you've taken one of these tests with a doctor, even if it's just a regular doctor. And I remember um, I I can't remember the exact numbers, but if it was out of 27 points, I was at 26 out of 27. And she's basically like you need to get back on that medication ASAP like it's almost like a life or death thing for you right now so I went back and she already had warned me that if you get back on this medication um it's gonna take a few weeks so you're gonna have to just be strong and wait for the medicine to get into your system for it to start having results and I felt better maybe two days later like immediately better as if I had been on a medication already, I suppose. And that's how I knew if biologically and physically the medication was not entering my system for weeks, I knew that it had to have been mental for me. So I went back to my therapist and I let her know that I was not interested in taking the medication anymore. And I talked about it with her. I explained why. And I said, if it's mental, then I feel like I want to do the mental work. And... She was okay with it. Um, I wasn't on it that long anyway, so um, I didn't have to worry about the, you know, the necessary precautions with how to properly wean yourself off medication. So I don't, I don't ever want to say just go off your medication. I, I don't recommend that at all, um, especially without the a medical 
experts supervision um, when you have to wean yourself off but I was okay with it I got the okay I got off the medicine and I did what I called at the time the happiness project which I kind of read a few pages of this book called the happiness project I don't have the author but that's what inspired it and my guidelines were simple I was gonna do whatever I wanted and if it made me happy that's what I was gonna do just that simple it was supposed to be very simple. So I started, that's when I got into yoga more. And this is um, around when I got off the medication around February, 2016. Um, I remember I signed up for certain classes. I signed up for boxing. I signed up for ballet, but I, I didn't like execute everything fully, but it was just the idea that I signed up for it at all. Even if I didn't continue it, um, I signed up for barber school and I was excited because I'm artistic and I really thought I can create some really cool designs in people's heads and I wanted to get into like color and doing some fun stuff. And um, I, I was um, exploring my own place. I moved out and I started feeling happy. I really did. It was like a load had been lifted off my chest and I did it with the intention to heal myself. I was like, I'm going to heal myself from the depression so that I don't have it anymore. And I think that is not a mistake, but that is where I wasn't completely right. Because eventually it did last for a while. I would say I, was, I went like two years without feeling depressed, which is uh, that is a record. I'm telling you, I usually I go through these cycles. My depression is light sensitive, so it's deeply connected with the weather, as I said. Um, when the weather goes down, I go down. When the sun goes down, I go down. When it's deep in the night and I'm not getting um, a good amount of sleep, I'm going down. My mood's going down. And um, I was going years. I was making it through the winter. I was making it through the night. Uh, those two years, solid. Um, I do think the people I'm around have a lot to do with it. Um, I'm starting to realize I'm such an empath. And I actually got the definition of an empath right here because we, we throw around the word empath a lot. But um, just to get technical, um, this is one of the definitions that I wrote down. A person with the paranormal ability to apprehend the mental or emotional state of another individual. And me, um, I ended up looking up the definition of apprehend too because I'm thinking apprehend as in uh, police apprehending of a potential suspect but I have here as another definition of apprehend is the to understand or perceive understand or perceive as in for example great art invites us to apprehend beauty so back to the empath definition a person with the paranormal ability to apprehend so a person with the paranormal ability to understand or perceive the mental or emotional state of another individual. So um, that means when I'm around other people, it's like whatever energy they're at, wherever their vibration is, if it's low, I'm like immediately adapting and connecting and my, my vibration is getting low. So it's, it's unfortunate. It's great when somebody's energy is great because it's almost like I get a, like a little high off of it. Um, it pumps me up. I'm easily motivated and inspired. But on the downside, it's like I can easily be brought down by it. And um, with me being an empath, uh, 
when I like I said, when I'm around certain people, when they're vibrating low, I feel like I just naturally you know everybody thinks I'm always so bubbly and smiling and I'm on top of the world. But I do naturally start to feel myself sinking and I'm almost like addicted to it. It's like I almost want to get to that place with them so I can help them rise up. Um, I'm always like, how can we heal? Like, what did you go through? Who did you hurt? Like, whatever you're doing that's disappointing other people right now in the present, this had to have stemmed from something long ago. You were not born this way. And I'm always, like, finding myself deeply committed to getting into that space, that space of hurt, that space of trauma. And ultimately, it's bringing me to my trauma, my hurt. And next thing you know, I am in that space. And... I feel like some people have this misconception that depression is directly linked to these traumatic events that we have. Um, Of course, all of these things that we went through as a child that deeply hurt us, Um, like what happened to you? Or or I remember, you know, people would question me, like, were you touched or were you this or were you that? And I would be so confused, even as a child, when I would be depressed, like, oh, I don't I don't understand. I'm not being grateful for what I have. There are so many people who have went through so much worse that are having such higher elevated moods. This does not make sense. I feel like I'm not. um, I'm not deserving of life right now because I can't even appreciate it. And I felt like a lot of people were looking at you like, you have a home, you got two parents, you got this, you got that, you know, why are you depressed? And literally, it's not always about my environment or my experiences. It literally is my current state of my mood and my physical state as well. I literally, this past, um, when it started getting into the winter season and the fall season, imagine just having all of this life all of this beautiful light energy and it being just completely sucked out of you like you literally are laying in bed and you feel like you have weights on you like it it hurts to like move your knee towards the edge of the bed to even crawl out of bed I, it's like there are times where I feel like I cannot even stand up straight I don't even have the energy to stand I have to sit down I feel like I'm using all of my energy just to walk up the stairs. Uh, You know, I'm ready to go back to sleep after I've already woken up and and done one thing. And for people to judge and say, you know, like, for example, someone said with the with the purest intentions, I'm sure, like it's still a choice. You know, I hear that all the time. Like you still choosing to do these things. You still choosing to feel how you feel. What about for the people who imagine if you didn't have a choice? Imagine if biologically the chemistry of your brain, um, your genetic makeup from your family's history and those generational curses that are passed down through our blood biologically, you are just not set up with the right amount of serotonin levels. You are just not set up like whatever it is that gets us to, to be so optimistic in a world with so much pain and destruction and deception, whatever it is that we have in our brains. What if what if you didn't have that? I don't think people realize that that is what actually happens for people you know they think it's natural for everybody and um it's just not it's just not and I literally can go without eating I can you know I can I just don't have an appetite I imagine like you are in love with something you are in love with 
photography or you're in love with creating art you're in love with singing you're in love with your job you're in love with the people around you 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 love your friends you love your family you love spending time with them and to have all that just snatched away literally no motivation no inspiration imagine whatever job you were pursuing you no longer care about and it's tough because now you have to still go on with the same pace of life that you had and try to do these things without having that emotional motivation. And when you're dealing with bipolar depression, you're going you're coming from a state that manic state, which is what you would call the highs of the bipolar experience where like you where I said like where I'm on 10 and I want to do this project and that project. And I'm, you know, I finally got into my productive mode. I want to do this, that, da, 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 da. And you're shining. Everybody's like, wow, you're glowing. So imagine going from that being at the tip, tip, top. You know, you might be bringing in all this money and whatever the case, just to be on like, zoop, none of it matters anymore. You know, like at all. It's just so hard. And, and then you have everybody telling you what you should and you shouldn't do. And... You know, you're crying for no, you don't even know why you're crying. You're just crying. You can go months without crying. And then all of a sudden you're crying every single day. You're just laying in bed crying. Um, And you feel like it's uncontrollable. And of course, you know, you have some percentage of control, but you like literally can watch it just decreasing every day, the control that you have. And knowing that you have any control and not feeling like you can take hold of that it is just so hard and I just hope people show a little more sympathy um for it because if it's if it's not what you experience then some things you just have to leave alone and sometimes you just have to be there for people and sometimes I don't think people should always make judgment or try to tell somebody what to do but sometimes all you gotta do is listen you know or all you gotta do is give that person some space you know I felt a lot of pressure from my friends who were used to me always being around and I don't want to be around them anymore. And some friends got it. They just knew like, just, you know, I'm here for you. If you need me, I got you. Um, you know, you will not got to hang out right now, you know, but, um, just have confidence enough in me that I'm going to get through it. Cause that's what, at what point I am. If it was one thing I did not lose was my confidence. Um, usually there has been times in the past where I've gotten depressed, I felt suicidal, and I thought there was no hope. Like, I literally felt all alone, even with people around me. Nobody knew what I was going through, and I just did not want to be here. I did not want to be alive. I literally imagine myself dying every day. I imagine myself like, oh, I'm on the highway. I can easily open this door and fall out and just get myself crushed. Or I'm standing in front of a lake. I can easily just fall in here right now. And I literally have all of these visualizations And it was not until I was going through a depression last year because um, back to the timeline, I did start getting back depressed when I got pregnant with my daughter, Um, uh, by the way. And I've been struggling with it ever since. But last year I was having these visualizations and I just knew like I am not going to get depressed with my baby. Um, I love her and nothing going to ever make me want to leave her. But I was still having those thoughts. I started visualizing myself wanting to get a gun and shoot myself. And I like literally my therapist had to 
call who I was staying with, like, you know, we just think it's a good idea. You get the guns out the house. And it was, I I had to literally learn how to detach myself from those visualizations because um, I had to, I ended up realizing that that is not me. That is not coming from my spirit. Um, I started realizing like these are attacks on my spirit from something that is not Amber. And for somebody who is seeing these visualizations in their head, hearing these thoughts, experiencing these, all this going on in your mind, you, you will of course think that that is you in the beginning. Like I'm thinking this, this has to be my truth. But after experiencing happiness and ex- experiencing being in that moment of thriving and living life, like during that um, time when I had the happiness project and during other times where I've been deep in my spiritual bag and doing yoga and meditating and loving life and filling in my purpose. Um, that's me. I, you know, that's Amber. Those are the thoughts that are purely from my spirit and having to learn how to master, how to differentiate and to be able to detach myself from those thoughts it's it's tough but um it's something that I'm in the process of doing and that's why this past experience within the past year or two I always do especially with having a daughter I always knew like I'm gonna figure it out like I know for a fact I will not submit to these thoughts I'm not gonna try to kill myself um there's too many resources there's too many coping skills like I have too much support you can literally you can text a hotline you can call a hotline you can go to a hospital there's you know you can get therapy if you don't have any money you don't have any insurance there's too many organizations out here that you can look up on the internet and find support and that was something that took me a while to understand because as a child when you're 11 years old going through something like this um you don't know how to do any of that stuff and I, I never ever ever understood the concept of reaching of reaching out and receiving support I had all these people that started telling me over and over again um as I got older and as it got worse you know I'll be I'm here for you like you can call me any time of the day any time of the night um, even if you just want to talk, I'll pull up on you, whatever the case. But when it's four o'clock in the morning and you're having these thoughts and uh, you, you know, you're looking through your contact list. There's so, been so many nights. I'm just scrolling through my contact list, scrolling through my contact list. And I had no idea who, who I could really reach out to without bothering. Um, it's hard. And that's why I stress now. So when people come to me and ask me about dealing with depression, um, you have to have that list of people um, because I know for a fact if somebody had those issues and they wanted to call me and they called me at four in the morning, I wouldn't have a problem with it. So it's um, being protective of yourself and accepting support, accepting help and having that list of people and not putting it all on one person. You know, you have to respect people's boundaries Um, Everybody can't talk to you every night at four in the morning. But if you start to develop a list of people who you can trust, um, you can talk to one person this night, one person that night, go on a walk with somebody this day, um, go out to eat with somebody that day. I think that's very important. And the other thing I stress is the coping skills. 
um the coping skills the coping skills the coping skills there's so many coping skills i literally feel like i have hundreds i have hundreds i'm gonna organize them all one day for y'all and um you may not always want to do them but when you're having that moment when you're having a panic attack and you're hyperventilating so bad and you're crying so bad and everything is so tight and you literally cannot catch your breath and you feel like you're about to die because that's how bad you can't breathe and you have an exercise to go to where you can practice mindfulness and, you've, and your body slowly starts to bring itself back to the present and you start your breath starts to deepen and by the time you're done with this exercise you, you you're not hyperventilating anymore those things are important so this this past um season of depression for me um I didn't even want to do that I did I did reach out to people and kind of let them know what was going on but a lot of my coping skills um I, I, I was doing them a little bit you know I was still working with crystals and I was still being very intentional with um, what I wanted to manifest and I still never lost sight of like my passions and um, like I knew I was going to be okay, but I literally just said, let me just take a break. You know, let me slow down the the fast pace of being in a manic state from the highs of the bipolar. Um, when you get into the lows, you can't keep up with that pace anymore. And it's a struggle. It's like, wow, I can't wake up at this time and do an all nighter anymore and get everything that I was doing. And then I created all these responsibilities and all these projects. Now everybody's looking at me like, you know, I'm. I'm starting to feel like I'm failing. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I had to realize nothing's more important than me living. None of the stuff matters if I'm dead. Nothing. The degree, the piece of paper, none of that stuff is going to do me any good if I'm buried in a grave with my spirit disconnected from my body. So um, I took a break and I just um, I kind of just was in the moment and um, I felt heavy and I was struggling and I was, you know, even dealing with suicidal thoughts, but I, I never created a plan to go through with it because um, I knew I was going to get myself out. That's just the confidence that I know I'm never going to let go of now, that I'm always going to be able to get myself out if I ever, for some reason, get back in there again. Of course, the goal is to not have to deal with it, but if I do, um, to just stay up, to just control the pace so that's kind of like my goal right now is just to control my pace even when I'm manic um go to sleep even if I feel like I don't want to sleep at night um or you know put something on hold if I have to and finally um a few just a few days ago um I sat down and I started writing out goals and I hadn't done it in a while I started right I would write to-do lists every day but um, I started writing out a um, to-do list and I did a few things and I was like, oh, finally, finally, some sort of increase from this deep, dark pit I've been in. And then the next day I felt a little tiny bit better. And then today, oh, the sunshine had a little something to do with it. I'm not going to lie, but um, I also got me a light therapy lamp, which I'm excited to use. I got that for my birthday, but um, today that sunshine and doing um, that whole agenda that I laid out for y'all earlier um, that just let me know oh I'm a little bit closer back again you know um, so really it's just for me becoming a master and um, it was just really important for me to share this with people so that they can become their own master and 
even if you feel alone in your thoughts, that um, you can be alone in your mastery. And um, we may not have all the answers, but we can at least figure out the journey. So that's all I got. Have a beautiful rest of your night, rest of your morning. Um, This was deep for me. And um, please feel free to reach out to me if you ever want to talk. Um, if you ever if you ever want any advice about the coping skills, um, I'm constantly posting coping skills on my uh, business page, Soulflower Studio. Um, I fell off with the blog that goes with the depression, but I'm really excited to get that back started. You can go on my blog now and look up um, a lot of tips I have, but I'm really excited to share with you all. And please give me feedback. Let me know. Let me know if you got any tips, suggestions. I'm always open. I've been going through this since uh, sixth grade, so... I have a lot, but the older I get, the more I realize how much I have to learn. So um, thanks for being a student with me. 